0: Hi, Church. Uh, today is uh, Compassion Sunday, as you can see, and this is uh, one Sunday a year that we try to highlight the work of Compassion International, and typically Micah Williamson is up here uh, sharing his heart with this, and uh, we are excited that Micah is going to be leading the lunch opportunity afterwards, emceeing that and, uh, and uh, leading that time, but we are especially excited today because we have a, a guest speaker from Compassion International, someone who uh, was a Compassion child and has grown up through the program and now is sharing uh, Compassion's uh, vision, and so we're excited to have uh, Moses with us this morning. Since the fall of 2004, uh, we have been sponsoring as a church Compassion children. So when we were, when we turned one, we began sponsoring children. It was one, I think, at the time, and through the years we have sponsored 13 different kids and are currently sponsoring seven through our Sun Chasers ministry. So every Sun Chasers uh, Sunday is uh, the kids give an offering, and that offering as well as our offering goes toward the support of those kids. And so five of those kids that we've supported now have been for 11 years. So and many of you are actively sponsoring uh, children as a household or as individuals, which we love. And so some of you have these T-shirts on, and that is an opportunity for others in the church that are maybe considering sponsoring a child to be able to ask you, okay, tell me more about your sponsorship. And so we've asked, uh, we sent out an email last week as far as getting stories. And so Jane Freidinger is going to come share a little bit of her story in sponsoring a compassion child and for you to be encouraged in that.
1: Are you able to get the pictures up? Oh, there we go. Okay. So when I was, um, many moons ago when I was much younger. Um, I picked up a packet at the intermission of a Michael W. Smith concert um, and started my journey on compassion, which has gone on now for 23 years. 13 of those years, I had the opportunity to sponsor a young man from India. This is Johnson Sayaman, yes, that is his real name. So he came into the program at five years old. Um, And then in 2013, I had a chance to go over with a compassion team and actually get to meet him get to visit about six of the different centers around the country of India. Um, and I will tell you that as I sponsored, I didn't put a whole lot of thought into it. I was not the prolific letter writer. I was not, uh, you know, it auto-drafted out of my account. I didn't really think a whole lot about it. But I would say visiting in person made a massive difference, if you can a- advance. Um, because I got to see that these stud- for these students, for these children, it's a huge deal for them to have a sponsor. In almost all cases, they, they just have one, so boy, that made me feel terrible that I wasn't a prolific letter writer. Um, but they keep all their letters. They post pictures on the wall um, to be they usually only select one student out of a family to be a part of compassion unless the family is, is one that's really very, very poor, and in which case they'll have two. And in my case, my student did have his brother sponsored as well because they were just um, very, very in a very, very poor area of India. Um, So I got to see that uh, in these centers, it's not just about the gospel, which is important, but they're also looking after their educational needs, nutritional needs, and medical needs. Um, And so in some cases, this after-school program where these kids get to come in and eat, get help with homework, sometimes that's one of their main meals that they get um, because there's just not a lot of money or food to go around at home. So that was really cool. Um, and then this is when I got to meet him as an 18-year-old, so from age 5 to age 18, I was his sponsor. He was getting ready to age out of the system and head to college. Um, But through uh, compassion, not only was he helped and his brother helped, but his whole family was helped. His family was able to move out of their dirt floor, corrugated metal um, hut into a place that had actually tile floors. They were able to get a refrigerator, which is very rare um, in his area, and um, it just really brought home um, that something I did with not a whole lot of thought was life-changing for this young man and for his brother and for his family. That's his dad um, on the other side of me. So, um, and it was the first time that this uh, young man had taken a car, ride. Right? So he got really car sick driving the two hours to come meet me. Um, and, yeah, just to be able to see him launch into the world. I'm also really glad I got to be a part of that because shortly after that, the uh, government changed or the the leader of the government changed in India and basically booted Compassion out. And 140,000 Compassion kids had to be taken out of the sponsorship program. Um, So I really got to see them the last time before... um, before he aged out, but, but also before the program in India had to shut down due to the government not really wanting a Christian-based program. Um, even though it was doing more than just gospel, it was really feeding and, and medically taking care of these kids. So that's been my experience with Compassion. I'm still a sponsor yet today. Now I sponsor all the kids from Mexico so I can write to them in Spanish and have some fun.
0: So a couple encouragements for you. Uh, back in the foyer are uh, Compassion uh, children, that you can pray for and consider sponsoring. And uh, whether you're sponsoring now, whether this is potentially a new step for you, we encourage you to check those out. If you have questions, uh, Micah will be back there, as well as anybody with a T-shirt could give you opportunities uh, or be able to answer questions you, they have or you have around sponsoring a Compassion Child. And then also, I encourage you to stick around for lunch. Lunch is taken care of, but this is uh, will be a chance for us to have extended fellowship with one another as well as be able to ask questions to hear more of Moses' story, as well as for you to be able to hear uh, some stories from uh, whether it's the Zare household, the Greer household, uh, Tim and Julie Miller, be able to hear testimonies about why and how they came about sponsoring and and how that has encouraged their own faith walk. All right, so I'm going to let Molly come up uh, and share the scripture reading, and then Moses will uh, begin to uh, open the word for us.
1: Hi, so since it's family day, Dave said, why don't you bring a couple of your girls up? So, I have some of my girls.
2: Hi, my name is Zaya Ehlers, and this is my mom and my sister Zeta. My family have been coming to Crosspoint for about a year and a half.
1: Today's scripture reading is going to be from Matthew 25, verses 14 through 30 in the ESV translation. Let's hear the word of God.
2: But he who had received the one talent went and dug it into the ground and hid his master's money. Now, after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here I have made five talents more. His master said to him, I will set you over much, enter into the joy of your master. He also who had received the one talent came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours, but his master answered him you wicked and slothful servant you knew that i reap where i have not sown and gathered where i scattered no seed then you ought to have investigated my money with the bankers and at my coming i should receive what was my own with interest so take the talent from him and give it to him who has the talent the 10 talents for to everyone who has, will be, will more be given. And he will have an abundance, but from the one who has not even what he has will be taken away and cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness in that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This is the word of the Lord.
3: Awesome. My name is Moses Ashaba. I was born and raised in Uganda, and this is my story. I am a dreamer. As a young boy, I would look up to the skies and marvel and say to myself, I'll one day fly above the clouds and soar way higher than the eagles. But this dream was shattered at the age of five when my father abandoned the eight of us and left us in the custody of my mother, a housewife who could neither read or write. And the best she could do was to work on other people's land so that we could get something to it. On a good day, she would return home with the harvest. And on a, on a not so good day, she would come back home empty-handed. On those days, we would pray together and go to bed hungry. In the piercing of the night, I would twist, toss, and turn with my tummy growling. Going to bed on an empty stomach was the most challenging thing as a child. I'd wake up the next day, beaten and stricken with hunger, and pray that my mother would return home home with the harvest. Another challenging thing about our situation was schooling. Because we were poor, we could not afford school fees, books and uniforms needed to attend classes. So we'd hope from school to school, staying until we'd be sent home due to lack of funds. We prayed for a miracle. It was the year 1995 when my mother learned about Compassion International. She set out on a journey, traveling over two hours to find a Compassion office. My mother returned home that night with the most exciting news that we'd been sponsored by Compassion International My life was forever changed. I even received a new pair of shoes. Who among us knows how it feels to wear a new pair of shoes? Now imagine wearing a new pair of shoes, having walked barefoot for a long time. My life was forever changed. I even got a new friend. His name was Nelson, all the way from Australia. Nelson became my sponsor and became a father figure in my life. Nelson wrote me letters and told me that I was the beloved of God. Not many people had ever told me that. My life was really, truly changed. My dream as a young child was to graduate from high school and play on the soccer team. But with the help of Compassion and my sponsor Nelson, I was able to graduate from high school. I realized that dreams come true. I decided to dream bigger. I dreamt big and went to law school at Uganda Christian University in in Uganda. And as I stand before here today, I'm a graduate of law school at Temple University in Philadelphia, and I have a master's in law as well. And I currently work in a law firm in Philadelphia. So these are small steps of faith that have been compiled together to show that the Lord has been in control and in charge in my life. I've never met Nelson, but I travel the country sharing about my friend Nelson, who has changed my life, and today I'm a sponsor myself. How many of you are sponsors of Compassion International? Please raise your hands. Thank you. I really appreciate the work you're doing for the list of days. Today I sponsor a young man by the name of Samuel from Tanzania. I'm intrigued by the simplest of things about which he writes me. He writes to me and tells me how much he plays soccer until the cows come home, He writes to me and tells me how much he appreciates me being in his life. I've grown a great sense of satisfaction in giving back. And you too can become a part of this movement of releasing children from poverty in Jesus' name. Can we bow our heads and pray? Heavenly Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for the opportunity to share your word and to be able to be your hands and feet in this place. Holy Spirit, come and guide me give me the inspiration, the understanding, and the wisdom, share your word with uh, clarity and that your people will receive it for the glory of your name. Bless us and bless our time together in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So our text today is from Matthew 25, 14. And thank you to the readers today. You did a great job, an amazing job. we will go over the scriptures again for a bit of uh, clarity and understanding. So the title of my passage today is uh, the list of these. So Matthew 25, 14, For it would be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted them with his property. To one he gave five talents, to another he gave one talent, each according to his ability. Then he went away. came forward bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here I have made five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also who had received two talents came forward saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here I have made two talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over little, I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He who also who had received the one talent came forward, saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you had not scattered seed, or gathering where you had not scattered seed. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master answered him, You wicked and throatful servant, You knew that I reap where I had not sown and gathered where I had not scattered, no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and at my coming, I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has the five talents. For to everyone who has will more be given, and he will have in abundance but from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away and cast the worthless and the worthless servant into the outer darkness in the place where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The meaning of the parable extends far beyond investment. God has given each person a wide variety of gifts and he expects us to employ those gifts in his service. It's not acceptable merely to put those gifts in a closet shelf and ignore them. Like the three servants, we do not have gifts of the same degree. The return of God expects us is to commensurate with the gifts we have been given. The servant who received the one talent was not condemned for failing to reach the five talents goal. He was condemned because he did nothing with what was given. The gifts we receive from God includes skills, abilities, family connection, social positions, education experiences, and more. The point of the parable is that we are to use whatever we have been given for God's purpose. The the severe consequences to the unproductive servant far beyond anything triggered by mere business mediocrity tell us that we are to invest our lives, not waste them. So questions, I usually like asking questions. Was the one who received the one talent envious of the rest? We all work in different places and we have different pay scales. So human nature tells me that he may have felt a little bit uncomfortable receiving the one talent, but that shouldn't have been an excuse. I believe he should have invested the one talent and gained more or multiplied it as well, compared to his peers that invested their resources and gave it back with interest. Another question that I would love to pose to each one of us, how have you used your talents? Have you multiplied them or buried them? I believe each and everyone here today is gifted in many ways. Uh, My gift at home is being a dishwasher That's what I do in my house. And I hope my wife is watching and proud of me. (laughs) So that's my gifting. That's the contribution I can give to my household. I do the dishes. She does the cooking. She makes amazing meals. And I do the dishes. But each time I forget to do a dish, she will come back and hold me accountable to that standard. And I believe that each one of us is gifted in many ways. I'm seeing these beautiful walls of the church I'm seeing a lot of, you know, people doing different things. The band was leading worship. And um, I believe people are behind all these works. So we're gifted in many ways. And the most amazing thing is that we're gifted with the same amount of time in a day. And how are we using our time? That's the question that pops up. How are we using our talents and giftings? Regardless of the pay scale. I was talking to Micah, who told me he was a volunteer, which is amazing. It's an amazing... Experience to be able to give to others, pour into others, and I'm really blessed to know that there are people who are willing to share their giftings and talents. So, are we multiplying our talents or are we burying our talents? Is the question that comes to mind. And how should Christians think about work, success, and wealth? Because we see in this parable what the master is uh, emphasizing on is multiplying the. The resources. Are we multiplying our earthly resources? I know we've invested in many things. A house, education, a car. But how are we using our time for the heavenly things? Because we know that our destiny is definitely a heavenly place. How are we using our giftings for the heavenly purposes? Are we investing the heavenly coffers? I know we we may invest in the earthly coffers, you know, saving accounts and stuff like that, you know, invest in, you know, bonds and stuff like that. But how are we investing in our spiritual lives? How are we nourishing our spiritual lives is the question that comes to mind. Matthew six nineteen twenty one says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up yourselves treasures in the heaven. Where moth and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, their heart will also be. That's true for everyone. As a young man, when I received that first pair of shoes, I, I spent the whole night awake from compassion. I received a pair of shoes. I thought someone was going to steal them. So I stayed up all night awake. That was my treasure, that's where my heart was. But today I have more than one pair of shoes because of the gift that Nelson gave me. Nelson gave me a gift of education and also spoke into my life as a young man. He told me I was the beloved of God. Not many people in my life had ever told me that. And that gave me the courage and the strength to explore and exploit and do greater mighty works for the Lord. So how are we using our talents to that extent? And what are your treasures? Where, where is your heart? Are we investing in the heavenly coffers? Or we are investing only in the earthly coffers? So let's t- store up our treasures in the heavenly places where moths and vermin do not destroy. So we are going to read from Matthew nineteen twenty three. Uh, it says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, Truly, I tell you, it's hard for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of of heaven. Again, I tell you, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. That's a really high standard because I met a a man through Compassion who was sponsoring 200 university students. And I asked him a question, why did you choose to share your resources with people you will never meet? We, we know compassion is over 23 countries around the world. So he gave out his money to invest in the lives of these kids. So I asked him a question. Why did you choose to invest in the lives of children and young adults you will never meet at any point? And he told me a story. He was on a sabbatical in Israel, and sitting and watching people as they traded and walked, you know, did their business and went by the day. And a man came. On his donkey, carrying a lot of loads, you know, pulling his donkey, and there was a small gate, and he had to unload the donkey in order for the uh, uh, unload the donkey in order to pass it through the small gate, and when the donkey had passed, he carried the load and loaded it on the other side of the of the gate, and then then, the Lord spoke to him and told him, "You have to share your resources." with the list of these, because you're not going to take everything with you. And that's how he ended up sponsoring over 200 students with Compassion International. And tears were rolling down my eyes. I don't know why. I was like, you saw this man struggling to carry the lords through the small gate. It relates to this parable in Matthew 19. So how are we going to share the list that, uh, with the list of these how are we going to share with those unfortunate among us? It's been a very hard period for us. COVID was really challenging. It disrupted everything. Schools were closed. Churches were closed. People lost loved ones. But how are we using our time to reach out to those who have been affected, or those who are going through a financial crisis, those who are dealing with uh, uh, relationship challenges? How are we? Living out the calling of being the hands and feet of Christ and investing our times where it matters. How well are we doing managing and keeping up with our responsibilities? So we know each one of us, to whom much is given, much is required. I believe we've been all blessed because I know we are given opportunities to be a blessing in other people's lives. And I believe that's what the Bible is telling us here. And I'll lay out the fruits of obedience in Deuteronomy 28. Deuteronomy 28 says, If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully follow all his commands I give you today, the Lord God will set you high above the nations on earth. And all these blessings will come upon you and accompany you if you obey the Lord your God. You will be blessed in the city and be blessed in the country. The fruits of your womb will be blessed. The crops of your land and the young of your livestock. The calves of your herds and the lambs of your flocks. Your baskets and your kneading troughs will be blessed. You will be blessed when you come in and be blessed when you go out. The Lord will grant you that the enemies who rise up against you will be defeated before you. They will come at At you from one direction, but flee from you in seven. The Lord will send a blessing on your barns and on everything you put your hands to. The Lord God will bless you in the land he is giving you. The Lord will establish you as his holy people, as he promised you on earth. If you keep the commands of the Lord your God and walk in obedience to him, then all the peoples of the earth will see that you are called by the name of the Lord and they will fear you. The Lord will grant you abundant prosperity in the fruit of your womb, the young of your livestock and the crops of your ground, and in the land he saw your ancestors to give. The Lord will open up the heavens and the storehouse of his bounty, to send rain on your land in season and bless all the works of your hands. You will lend to many nations, but you borrow from none. The Lord will make you the head and not the tail. If you pay attention to the commands of the Lord, your God, that I give you this day, and carefully follow them, you always be at the top and never at the bottom. Do not turn aside from any of the commands I give you today, to the right or to the left, following other gods and serving them. So we realize that there is, there is a reward for being faithful and walking the ways of the Lord. The Lord will bless us in the fields, in the nations. We will borrow others and we will we'll let others not borrow from them. And we will be a blessing and we will be the heads and not the tails. So he goes on to explain all the blessings he's going to give us if we are faithful to him. What comes to mind when you hear the word stewardship? We look at uh, Luke 16:10 10 through 11. It says... Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. So if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches? So the Bible here goes on to explain that if you can't be trusted with the worldly wealth, who will trust you with the heavenly riches? So let's work and use all the resources that the Lord has blessed us with, our time, Let's utilize our giftings and our talents for the glory of God, and the Lord will be blessed. So I go on to the next parable of the sheep and the goats, and this is where the list of this is uh, evident. When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be, be gathered before him, and he will separate the people one from another, I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did For one of the list of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. What was Jesus trying to explain with this parable? Because he goes on to show all these people in these situations and says, if you did anything for any of these people, the hungry, the thirsty, those in prison, you know, visiting them, visiting the sick, each time we do acts of kindness, we're not actually doing them for our own benefit. We're just doing it unto God. We are doing it for the sake of loving God and loving our neighbors. And he says, each act of kindness you do, you're doing it unto Jesus. So it's a very profound statement. It says, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the list of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. So each time we do these acts of kindness, we are doing it for Christ. And let us be encouraged. Let's go visit our aging parents, our sick neighbors, and and encourage them with the word and the love of Christ. So we are being called to be the hands and feet of Christ wherever we are, to reach out and be witnesses for the kingdom of God. James 2.14 goes on to describe uh, faith and deeds. If Nelson hadn't stepped in my life and shared with me the gospel and the love of God and been a witness in my life, I believe I would maybe be somewhere else, still doing God's work, but I wouldn't be an advocate for children who are in poverty around the world because I've seen that acts of kindness go a long way Nelson decided to share the resources he had with me. I believe Nelson was from a small community in Australia and stepped out in faith and invested in my life. But today I travel the country sharing the good news and the, the gratitude I have towards Nelson for choosing me and for being an impact in my life. And I wish I could meet him one day and tell him, well done, good and faithful servant. You obeyed God's calling and impacted my life. And I'm now reaching out to the masses and also serving as the hands and feet of Christ wherever (laughs) I go. So I believe for those who are sponsors, it's a huge blessing to these children you're sponsoring. It's a very big opportunity to speak into their lives, to share the gospel with them, to encourage them, to pray with them write to them and know what their, their challenges are and how you can be a part of their journeys. So you're being a blessing to the list of these. I go on to Ephesians 2.8. It says, For it's by grace that we've been saved through faith, and this is not from our, uh, yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works so that we can boast. For we are God's handwork created in Christ Jesus, to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us. And how often do we see Jesus in the list of days? How often do we see Jesus in the list of days? Matthew 25, 35 says, I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. Jesus' final teaching in this section examines how we treat those in need. In this account, when Jesus returns in his glory, he will sit on his throne and separate people as the shepherd separates sheep from the gods. The separation depends on how we treat people in need. These are people in need whom the, uh, the shepherds serve. For Jesus says, just as you did to one of the list of these, whom uh, members of my family did it for me. Individually or corporately, we are called to be, those, uh, to be the hands and feet of Christ. We are bound in a bundle of living under the care of our God, and we cannot ignore the plight of the human beings suffering hunger, thirst, nakedness, homelessness, sickness, and imprisonment. We work in order to meet our own needs and the needs of those dependent on us, but we also work in order to have something to give to those in need. We join with others to find ways to come alongside those who lack the basic necessities in life that we may take that we usually take for granted. If Jesus' words in this passage are taken seriously, more may hang on our charity than we realise. Jesus does not say how uh, does not say exactly how the sheep served people in the need. It may have been through gifts and charitable works, but perhaps some of it was through the ordinary work of growing and preparing food and drink helping new co-workers come up to speed on a new job, designing, manufacturing, selling clothes, and legitimate work that serves people who need the products and the services that we work. And in so doing, we are serving Jesus. So I have had many opportunities to volunteer, but each time I volunteer, I feel replenished and encouraged. And I have been blessed. I I usually go out, you know, intending to be a blessing to others, but I end up being blessed by those I've reached out to. And I'm, I'm requesting that each one of us should take an opportunity to volunteer and invest in other people's lives. It could be a homeless shelter, it could be uh, you know fostering kids, it could be doing acts of kindness, you know reaching out to your neighbor who has been struggling with something, you know, speaking into their lives and praying with them. So all these acts of kindness uh, really bring a blessing upon us. We may go in thinking we are going to be a blessing, but uh, most of the times it ends up being the other way around. We end up being blessed by doing the simple acts of kindness, helping a coworker uh, to come up to speed at work. You know, being nice to you know your friends for those in school, being respect- respectful and not bullying uh, for the kids. You know, being respectful and encouraging each other. So we are all called to be the hands and feet of Christ wherever we are. We are the light and, to, and the salt into the world. So in conclusion, I will say, I'll read Matthew 28:18. That's a great commission. That's what Jesus was giving all of us. Uh, it was a, a command that Jesus gave us. He says, we have been called to utilize the teaching of Jesus And apply them in our daily walk with him. We are the salt and light unto the world. A city on a hill that cannot be hidden. Let us go out and make disciples of all nations. Matthew 5.14 says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. So Jesus is giving us a responsibility to go out into the nations and make disciples. It's a calling to every one of us here today to go out and make disciples. And we have the opportunity to be that. To be the light into the world. A city is set on a hill that cannot be hidden, because we are the salt and light to the world. So go out and be a blessing to others, and the Lord will surely bless you as well. Can we bow our heads and pray? Heavenly Father, thank you for teaching us today that it's better to give than to receive. We are blessed to be your children, and we are here to share your love with the world, because we are the light and the salt into the world, and we are the city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. Teach us that we are your hands and feet wherever we find ourselves, that we are created to be like you, to serve others, to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. In Jesus' mighty name of pray, amen.
0: Ephesians 2.10 says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. So this opportunity, whether it's Compassion Sunday, whether it's this week, whether months ahead, is an opportunity for us to walk in the good works the Lord has prepared in advance for us to do.